Transplanter RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey, Transplaner friends! You're listening to The Hounds of Mercy vs. Mercy's Seven Evil Exes and All of Andake, an eight-part miniseries set in Andake that follows four shattered monster hunters in the wake of the Cataclysm. Jaron Cotter, the dragonborn rogue, is played by Hamna Shahid. Sitlali, the changeling cleric, is played by Quinn B. Rodriguez. Gentle, the triton monk, is played by Dare Hickman. And the GMing is by yours truly, Connie Chong. Toss us a follow on Twitter by consulting the show notes. Without further ado, here are the content warnings for this particular episode. Content warnings for this episode include romance, flirting, references to sexual entanglements, toxic relationships, memory loss, hallucinations, nightmares, deep bodies of water, drowning, hypothermia, and trauma. Convergence is a border town. Nestled in the Azure Grovelands, sitting on the nexus of Taldamad, Tulong, and Nabal. During the off-season, which is every month except Bear, Convergence sits empty, bereft of trade and gossip, with nothing to traverse its dirt-paved streets except memories and the occasional drunk. We follow one such drunk now, a half-elf man with reddened cheeks, as he stumbles from boarded-up inn to boarded-up inn, swigging from a shiny silver flask. He staggers past a dried-up marble fountain, its interior mucked with grist and faceplants inside. We're gonna pan up now from this man's dirty trousers to see the one and only building in all of Convergence that thrums with life year-round. The Howling Monkey Inn and Bar. We're now gonna push through the frosted pane of a window and enter a room filled with hookah smoke. And as the smoke clears and parts, we see a table of mismatched monster hunters. Gentle Jaron Sitalali. The three of you kneel on cushions in front of a roaring fire, accompanied by your leader, Mercy. Right now, Mercy is puffing on the hose of a hookah, her one good eye, not covered by an eye patch, darting around the interior of the howling monkey. Aside from the barkeep, who's this little, little sheep person with thick spectacles, the four of you are the only inhabitants of this inn. Cain, the champion of Nabal, told the four of you to meet a certain Wang Boatin here at 7pm sharp on this day. It's now 7.10, with no sign of anyone else entering or leaving. Apparently, Wang Boatin is the best sleep grifter in all of Andake, able to ferry parties across the Dream Shield and into Tsulong for, of course, a handsome fee. And Kane personally saw to it that your groups would be connected right here in Convergence. But he still hasn't gotten here. 
So Jaron, Gentle, and Sitlali, what are the three of you up to? I think Jaron is probably like lying down on a cushion with their kind of like legs up, like one crossed over the other, um, casually uh, smoking a hookah and just kind of looks over at the rest of the group. And I imagine like Mercy might look a little bit anxious uh, at the fact that it's now 710 and nobody has shown up. And he's just kind of going to like blow out some smoke, look at her and say, Kane said that, uh, who was it? The Wang Bo Tian? Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be here soon. Probably just got lost or something. Lost, lost. No, no, sleep. Grifters don't get lost. I bet the asshole's making us wait on purpose. It's a power move. I've done it before. So then why are you nervous? Well, because I don't like having my own power move turned on me. Jaron, you should know that. <laughs> Jaron just kind of laughs and takes another uh, puff of the hookah. So Jaron, uh, what else did Kane have to say? What do you mean? Well, you two seemed rather intimate, so... I don't know if you could call it that, per se. Why is it, Lolly? Did I beat you there? Just wondering if there was any pertinent information that maybe you forgot to relay. About the sleep grifter? Yes. No, no, no. I was told that they would be here, they would meet us at seven, and that they would help us get through the dream shield. That's all I know. You continue puffing on the hose, blowing, <laughs> blowing smoke about the tavern. Um, I think it's starting to like seep in between like the slits of your uh, mask, gentle, and maybe starting to sting your oh, eyes I'm a little bit. A mask. Oh, you've got your mask off. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm just sitting, taking slow drags. They're very, I think, focused and methodical, almost like I'm doing a deep breathing exercise. And I'm just sort of letting this all play out. I haven't said a lot lately. Uh, gentle, look, we're just gonna get through the dream shield. We're gonna get Oka, figure out some stuff, tell Oka some pertinent information they might not have their hands on yet. And at that, Mercy glances at Jaron, like with like a note of warning in her eye, and then back at Gentle. And then it's 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 straight to Bud, promise. No, I, I understand. We went over this already. I just simply focused on the mission. Okay, good, good. Where is that bastard? It's 7.15. And Mercy sort of like jitters like one big like knee up and down and looks from side to side. She looks to her left, looks to her right. When she looks to her left again, I think she's next to Sitlali on, on her right and Jaron on her left. Um, there is a person that just appears uh, between you, Jaron, and Mercy when she looks back to her left and she goes, uh, and now all of you see, Silali, even you with your passive perception of like 23 or something did not notice this person until just now. Uh, you see sort of just like appearing out of nowhere, a half Kenku woman, maybe five feet tall, uh, with these oil black feathers rippling up her arms all the way up to her neck. And this thick mop of feathery hair rakes up and away from her forehead all the way down her spine. And you see that her eyes are dark, big, orbitous even, one might say, and just a touch too wide. And her lips are smeared with black lipstick. Uh, wait, no, actually, that's just the natural color of her mouth. Uh, and her exposed skin is pale, 
like a ghost's. She wears this like glittery leather armor that rattles as she looks from side to side between Eugeron and Mercy, uh, rattling with these various little trinkets, gems, bells, bones attached to the joints, right? And you see also no fewer than like 11 or 12 daggers just strapped to various parts of her body. And she's like weirdly hot, like hot in a really weird way. You know what I mean? Like unconventionally attractive, like with these like feathers and big wide eyes looking between the two of you. Oh, my God. Uh, I think Jaron, like seeing this, uh, like hearing Mercy scream is going to turn, see this person and just like scramble up, like probably like getting tangled in the hose a little bit as as he gets up. Uh, I'm sorry. uh, Who are you? Uh, I am your uh, uh, fairy person. Yes, I will be your fairy person. Hello, Mercy. It is good to see you again. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, have we met? Why, yes, of course we have met. Don't tell me you've forgotten already, Mercy. Uh, no, I don't think we've ever met before. I'm pretty sure I'd remember, like, a half-kenku woman with glittery armor and... We dated for two years, Mercy. Uh, right! Oh my god, yes. Okay, it's coming back to me now. Of course we dated. Uh, a number of months? Years? Years ago, yeah. Y- years ago, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, your name is, of course. I would remember your name, because what kind of a douchebag would not remember your name? Your... Wu Ming. I'm Wu Ming. Uh-huh. 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 And Mercy sort of, like, settles back on her cushion, looking very awkward, like one hand on the hilt of her greatsword. Uh-huh. Okay, we've got multiple raised hands here in the party, said Lolly. Very unlike you to raise your hand. Lord, for the GM's sake. Um, can I roll insight <laughs> on the X? Yeah! Anyone who wants to can roll insight on Wu Ming. Because, hmm. Uh, 26. 26 from Sitlali. Anyone else wanted to roll inside? 18. Okay, 18 from Gentle. Jaron does not. Jaron is chilling. Like, I think Jaron is just kind of shocked at the audacity of Mercy in this scenario. Of just like, oh, you dated for, for two years, apparently, and you don't remember this person. I think it's just like shaking their head, looking at Mercy, and also looking at Sitlali, like, with a little bit of fear. Just like, well, how is Sitlali going to react to this? Okay. Gentle and Sitlali, the read you can get on Wu Ming is their head is turning, swiveling, like looking up and down, up and down. Their eyes suddenly go wide as they lock on these like silver threads draping off of Jaron's horns. And they, their, their eyes get like, you see the threads like re- reflected in like the void pool of their eyes. They seem like a very simple person, okay? Like they just, they like shiny things and they like doing, you know, doing tasks that get them closer to shiny things. Sitlali. You can ask a follow-up question because your role is so high. Oh, my follow-up is, did they date? Yeah, and Mercy straight up forgot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is it, Gentle? So what was the thing you two saw uh, in each other that was so fascinating? Uh, you know, I guess it must have been their feathers. You, you said to me, Mercy, I do remember that I remind you of the better things in life. How I just 
have, have such love and care for things that are simple and shiny and sweet and not so interested in the darker or complex parts of life, though I am surprisingly intuitive. I remember you described me as that one time. Uh huh. Yeah, those things. Yeah, what uh, what what Wooming said, uh, and of course Wooming found me attractive because of my and Mercy says muscles at the same time as Wooming says complexity. Uh, complex muscles. Yeah, let's say that. Thinks that Lolly has a hand on Mercy's knee, and I think the grip is just slowly getting like a little uh, bit tighter. Ah, get uh, uh, Where's Bo? Where's Botian? Uh, he was gonna meet us here. Kane said, "Oh yes." Unfortunately, Wang Buotian is much too busy. His hands are all tied up with ferrying other people across the Dream Shield, so I shall be your farrier, as I mentioned earlier. I hope this is okay. Uh, uh-huh, right. Uh, Ali, uh, is there anything you'd like to add to this conversation? Do you mind letting go of my knee, darling? Talk later. And I think yeah. they let go, kind of pointedly. <sighs> Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk later. Uh, mm, Mercy leans into you, Sitlali, in like a kind of hushed sidebar. Listen, I swear I just forgot. It, it must have been during that two or three year period where I was just really unhealthy and doing a ton of drugs and drinking a lot. And I must have just forgotten that we dated. You know what will happen to you if you do that to me, right? I will never. There is no way I'd ever be able to forget you, Sitlali. I... I promise. And I, I don't make promises easily. Good. Come, come now, my little raven. Uh, and Mercy, like, reaches forward and, like, like tucks a strand of hair behind your ear, placatingly. You have to be so mad at me. I promise you're nothing like Wu Ming at all. I could never forget you. Fine, you can make him up to me later, I suppose. Okay, well, I look forward to that. Shall we go soon? It will be dark, very dark, very soon, which makes our journey more dangerous. I would like to go, yes. Understood. Uh, and Wooming sort of like, uh, they don't have wings. They just sort of have like arms with like thick feathers growing off of it. Sort of hop back, uh, straighten up to their full five feet of height. They stretch out and they start doing side bends, you know, like one, two, three off to one side and one, two, three off to the other. And a few feathers sort of ruffle off their body as they do that. And they start to do like, like some slav squats. Uh, to like warm up, it seems. And as Mercy gets up, sort of like sheaths her greatsword back into back into her back. Uh, Wooming, what are you doing? Well, we will technically be sleepwalking through the Dream Shield. And last time, I didn't stretch out or tell my clients to stretch out. They pulled a few tendons, so it's a good idea to get limber before we go through. Great idea, Wooming. And I think Jerana is going to join join her in her uh, in her little stretch. As you do, she looks up at you, her eyes still entranced by the threads, and she says, Can I have one of those, please? You mean the threads? Yes. They're very pretty. Are they morosin? They are. And I think Jaron uh, pulls off, like, a particularly long piece, Ooh. and then, like, unravels it from their horns, and then gives it ah. to Wow. And she like sort of holds it like it's like a thread made of pure gold and like two feathery hands. What's it made of? Well, tales say that 
morosi clerics are able to weave ice itself into threads. And it's been said that if somebody gives you one of these threads, that your fates will be forever intertwined. So I suppose you and I are going to see each other again sometime. Uh, when you look back at them uh, after like going onto your, your spiel, you see the thread dangling out of their mouth uh, as they're like, oh, chewing on no, it. Oh, no, don't, don't eat that. Sorry, you just said made of pure ice and I like to eat snow. Yeah, I, I really don't think that that's a good idea either. You never know what's in the snow. It's a good way to get water when you're up north and all the streams are frozen. That is true. But it's always a good idea to treat the water first before you just shove it in your mouth. So this is dirty? No, but, you know, just as a, as a word of caution. Okay, thank you. Uh, and they like spool it up and like tuck it away. I think in the flap of like, I think they have like a hooded cloak on over their armor. They tuck it away in like one of the many inner pockets. Uh, Gentle, where are you carrying your mask? Is it hidden away in your pack? I think it's hanging off of like, uh, like my waist, almost like off a belt loop or something to that equivalent. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. ready for immediate mask action if needed. I think Wu Ming, as uh, she tucks the, the thread away, cocks her head to the side and sort of like bends all the way over to one side and her she comes face to face with the mask strapped to your waist. Ooh. You sort of see like her face reflected back in like the polished sheen of your mask. That's a pretty mask. Can I have it? Why do you want it? Because it's pretty? Uh, I guess I don't really need it anymore. Not right now. Uh, gentle, surely you're not. Uh, let's go through the dream shield first, and then we can talk about maybe giving up masks. Okay. Uh, and I just sort of, like, uh, lean down, just, uh, it's a maybe, but I can show you how to make one if need be anyway. Okay, I think I'd like that. And you! Uh, and Wooming sort of hops over and pauses in front of you, Sitlali. You have very pretty eyes. You can't have them. Oh, no! No, no, I I wouldn't want to take those out of your face. I was just commenting on how pretty your eyes are. Thank you? You are very welcome. Well, it's time to set off, I suppose. Ooh, Mercy, you've gotten older. Uh, Okay, all right, let's uh, let's go. Uh, And Mercy tramps off after Wooming, like, daring you all to not comment uh, on what Wooming just said about her. And with that, your party sets off. Uh, Wooming is swift on her feet, darting through the shadows of convergence as though she owns them. Uh, you lose sight of her a few times, uh, but you always find her a couple dozen feet down the way, perched atop a lamppost or like squatting on top of a length of fencing as she waits for all of you to catch up. Uh, and soon... Your party leaves the empty, windswept streets of Convergence behind, the lights of the howling monkey glimmering in the distance as the starless dark starts to set in. A deep, autumnal wind whistles as Wooming leads your party into the silent grove. A thick, tangled, hilly bamboo forest that doubles as a border between Nabal and Tulong. Rain-softened earth squelches underneath your boots as you traverse the woods. 
tall stalks of bamboo rise like massive matchsticks around you, their leaves and branches whispering in the wind. Wu Ming actually produces a pull from the flaps of her cloak and sort of shakes it in the wind, almost like she's trying to attack the breeze. Uh, but actually, on like the fourth shake, a metal lantern unfolds from the end of this collapsible pole and hisses to life. And a bright orange moat of fire burns within its chamber and illuminates your path. As you walk, the bamboo around you casts strange flickering shadows. Your breath comes out in dense, thick clouds, mingling with a fog, an ever-present fog that starts to set in around you. A heavy, wet mist rises from the uneven earth, cloaking the roots of bamboo shoots all around you, clinging uneasily to your skin. Booming whistles a low, meandering tune, but other than that, the only noise that greets your ears are your own footsteps squelching through the earth. Ugh, hateful. And Mercy's just sort of like tramping, I think, down the path, looking around, one hand on the hilt of her greatsword, very wary, watchful of monsters. Um, if you'd like, I can scout the area from a distance and run back to you if I see anything. No, no, no. We should not be separated. That would be a bad idea. We should stay together. Those who wander off never leave the shield. How do people get trapped in here? Well, they end up sleepwalking. And they go round and round and round and round in circles and never come out. But if you follow me, I know these mists. I know this fog. I know the shield. I can get you through. How long uh -huh. have you been doing this? Three weeks. Uh, three weeks since you started training, or...? Three weeks since I started ferrying people across for money. Is it easy to learn? No, it's very, very difficult. Even some experienced sleep grifters lose their way here, but not me. Uh-huh. <laughs> says Mercy, like, nodding slowly. She turns and, like, leans into the rest of your group and says, Get ready to fight in case monsters come and attack us. Yeah, yeah, I think that's best. And I think Jaron is going to, like, stealthily, not to offend Wu Ming, just, like, have a dagger ready to go in their hand. Okay. How about the rest of you? I'll put my mask on. Mm. I think Sitlali reaches up to, like, Mercy's greatsword and casts Holy Weapon on it, uh, which lasts for an hour. What does it look like and what does it feel like when you cast Holy Weapon? I think they're back from like five two to like five five. I think we're we're on the up and up, because um, we're second now, so we got some inches back height wise. Sitlali pulls like unsheaths uh, the greatsword a little bit and touches the blade with two fingers, and just kind of like that multicolored spark just kind of travels like into the scabbard um, or the sheath rather, and just it kind of hums a little. Ugh. All of you sort of feel the weave tighten a little bit around Sitlali uh, as she places two fingers on the cold steel of Mercy's blade. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Least I can do. <laughs> All right, everyone, stay on your toes. We don't know what beasts lurk in the deep here. Mm, probably just your own subconscious. What? All of you make a perception check. 17. Okay. 13. Okay. 24. 
Okay, all of you see maybe 30 feet off to your left, uh, cloaked in shadow, partially hidden by tangled underbrush, illuminated by Wu Ming's torch, is a body. Uh, a man's body, maybe, you think? Face down, unmoving amidst the bamboo. Mercy doesn't seem to have noticed it yet. Sitlali will put up a hand, like, to stop Mercy and everybody else. And just point for Mercy's benefit. What? What is it? Wu Ming also comes to a stop and swings the lantern around, looking, like, head cocked in interest. And as, like, the lantern swings around, like, the body 30 feet away is illuminated even more prominently. And Mercy freezes. Uh, upon seeing this, like, face-down body, right, of, like, this, like, and now you see, it just looks like a, a dude with this, like, maybe, like, uh, tuft of black hair. You know what I mean? And you notice, like, some tattoos, like, down the side of his face. He's wearing this, like, thick leather armor. You see some, like, the glint of, like, chainmail on, on, on the front. And he's just covered in mud, and you notice blood. Uh, he appears to have been attacked by some sort of animal or monster or something. He's, like, fucked up. Like, gashes all over his body have, like, ripped part of his plate mail off, and he's face down, unmoving. You don't know if he's dead or just unconscious. Do we want to check and see if he's okay? What? What is... What? Uh, wait. Gentle, wait. What is this? Wu Ming? Where did he... How is he... It started. We're in the shield now. Don't be alarmed, but we're all dreaming. I'm still awake, though. Well, that's what you think. We're in the shield now. The mists, they've gotten inside our brains, our minds, our hearts, and our souls. It's nothing to be scared of. It's the only way through. So, whose is that? And I nod at the body. Uh... That's, uh, that's, that's no one. We can, uh, we can leave him behind. Let's, uh, wooming, let's, let's, let's keep going. Babe. Mercy. Let's keep going. Do you know that person, Mercy? If you're not gonna walk, I will. Uh, and Mercy turns and starts walking, like, strides past wooming, who goes, oh, and, like, hurries I up. I get in Mercy's you know? way. Mercy draws to a stop in front of you. Gentle. Wu Ming just said the only way out is through, right? So let's go through. Yeah, go through. This is like the monster therapy again. We should probably be honest. <sighs> it's nothing, okay? I. And Mercy freezes uh, as she looks off to her right. And all of you see another body. A different man's body, right? Uh, wearing different kind of armor, has different kind of hair, right? Like... Part of, like, he doesn't have an ear. Like, one ear is missing, but it looks like an old scar. And he's got this grizzled gray beard. He's also face down. Also looks real fucked up. Like, a beast attacked him and just ripped him to shreds. Like, 30 feet off into the into the misty bamboo. <sighs> let's, let's just keep, let's just keep walking gentle. Please step out of the way. You can talk about who these people are with us. Okay, if that'll get you to move, let's walk and talk. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. oh. I step right out of the way, easily. Wooming, these things that we're seeing, do we need to interact with them at all, or can we just go straight through? Well, and Wooming says as your party starts walking again, right? <sighs> that depends. It appears that we have entered 
Mercy's dreamscape, and there is a key. Mm-hmm. Yes, a key, a way to get out of each dreamscape. Uh, it depends on the person that the dreamscape is based on. Uh, and when I'm traveling with a party, when I'm ferrying groups of people across, the dreamscapes usually progress in order of most mm, emotionally sound to, let's say, least emotionally sound. Most emotionally sound? Mm-hmm. Are you sure about that? Hey, Jaron, shut up, okay? I'll prove to you how emotionally sound I am, and I'll talk about it while we walk, huh? That man, the one with the tattoos and the bearded man with one ear, uh, they were part of this... Sit lolly, you know. They were part of this monster hunting group, okay? That I was a part of when I was much, much younger. Much younger than I am right now. Uh, they were the ones who took me in. Huh! <laughs> took me in, and she says that sarcastically, after they, well, I, I grew up in the Euclid, uh, raised my monsters, no big deal, they killed my monster family, they raised me as a person, we can move on from that, I've processed it largely, I've moved on from it, and I don't exactly know what's happening here, and I don't know what this key of yours means precisely, Wu Ming, but, <sighs> shit, shit. And as Mercy keeps walking, you see more and more bodies, right? They're getting closer. They're no longer 30 feet away. They're like 20 feet away, 15 feet away, 10 feet away from the path, right? And there's just men, just face down, bloodied, bruised, dead, like ripped apart. What happened to them, Mercy? Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> well, and then she draws to a dead stop as you see that the mist in front of her has parted, uh, almost like the Red Sea parting, right? To form sort of like a single file path all the way down, down, down. It looks like hundreds, thousands, miles down, but you can see it with strange clarity. And you see looming in the distance where the mist parts open at last is the yawning fissure of the Euclid Chasm. You all see a pinprick of a cliff's edge, and then a serration of darkness, like a black wound in the flesh of the world. Huh. Uh-huh. 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 Okay? You. And Mercy sort of turns on Wu Ming, who's just standing there pleasantly holding the lantern, seems very unperturbed. You said there was a key, right, to each of these? Yes. Would you like some help trying to figure out what that key might be, Mercy? Well, given what I know of you, it might be calling out- I know. God, did I tell you that? I guess we did date for two years. Uh, okay, fine, fine. Uh... <clears throat> Mercy clears her throat, takes a few steps forward, like one hand gripped tightly around like her d divinely appointed greatsword. Hinsa! I know you're out there! Come on out, you fucking bastard! Hinsa! And as she calls out this name, Hinsa, maybe 15 feet in front of all of you, the mist swirls and sort of laces into existence. A man. Uh, he's maybe six feet tall, half-elf man, uh, with this, like, kind of stubby beard uh, and this sort of, like, 
uncombed, kind of dirty brown hair. Like his his skin is tanned from work and kind of weathered. And he's got this like short sword strapped to his waist. And he's wearing this like rugged leather armor with studs on it. Well, 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 Ruthie. Been a while. <sighs> uh, Mercy clears her throat and looks back at the three of you with like a, a look in her one good eye that just basically says, like, don't ask in the eye. Turns back to this man. This isn't real. You're not real. You're not actually here, are you? Just because I'm not actually here and I'm not real. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter, Ruth. Don't call me that. Call you what? Your given name? Your appointed holy person name after I rescued you from those bone-throwing beasts? You should be grateful, Ruth. Uh, and Hinsa, like, spits at Mercy's feet. This is how you repay your gratitude? The blood of the men who raised you? Like I said, Ruth is not my name. That's right, Ruthie. It's not your full name, just a little nickname we gave you, because after all, your full name, your God's given name that I cherished you with, is Ruthless. And on that, Mercy draws her greatsword and advances on this man. Uh, As she advances, the man struggles to, like, draw out his his short sword and before he can even like draw the sword out to defend himself like mercy just like slams the great sword down and on her slamming the great sword down it transforms it ripples and turns into like a bat like a club like a wooden club that she just smashes against his head and he goes and like sort of turns around like 180 and starts staggering a little as you see a spray of blood explode from his temple um and on the downswing mercy like turns and as all of you see her turn, in that shimmer of light, she seems to have gotten much younger. Like this is no longer like the ponytailed Mercy with like a single eye and like an eye patch. Her outfit has changed. She's like in these like ragged rags, you know, she's barefoot. She looks maybe 20 years old, if even, uh, and doesn't have nearly as many scars as she does now. Uh, she has both eyes, and her hair is no longer in this one long, like whip-long ponytail. It's just short and red and shaved on the sides, right? And she looks so much younger, right? She looks back at you. She turns back onto Hinsa and lets out this like guttural roar and then smacks him on the other side of the head with this bat. And he stumbles backward, like holding his head. He goes, uh, 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 Ruth, what are you doing? What are you? And she slams him on the top of his head and he drops like a sack of potatoes. And he's like, uh, like cradling his head as he's bleeding out from his crown. Uh, and Mercy lifts up another, like her bat again and just starts beating him. It's brutal. She's just beating this grown man to what it appears death. As she's just bam, crack over his ribs, bam, crack over his spine, bam on his tailbone, like bam on his legs. And then she like hits him so hard that this like thick club like shatters. And she just like resorts to kicking him and punching him. And she's like literally punching the living shit out of this dude as she gets down and starts just wailing on him. And as she like draws her like hands back, you see that her knuckles are like bloodied and bruised from like punching him and kicking him so hard. So I while think... Mercy's 
Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say. Okay. Yeah. While while Mercy is doing that, uh, I think Jaron is just gonna like run over to Mercy and like try to like pull her off of this man, saying like, "Mercy, stop! Stop! You, you've done enough." Jaron, as you run forward and those like words come out of your mouth and you try to grab her, uh, Wu Ming actually gets in your way. Wait, no, no. This is what she has to do. This is the key. She has to do this, Jaron. I, but look at her. That doesn't uh, seem like she's okay. Uh, Wu Ming swings the lantern back onto the violence that's happening. At this point, Mercy's sort of out of breath. Like, like, punching, like, Hinsa slowly, bam, bam, bam. And Hinsa, it seems to be, like, on his last legs. Like, his teeth have exploded out of his mouth. Like, his, like, nose is caved in. Like, it's, he is fucked up. And, like, Mercy has fucked him up. Uh, And, like, she lifts her fist up for what is probably gonna be the killing blow. And Hinsa says, (laughs) Do it then, Ruthie. Kill me. Do what you were always meant to do, Ruthless. And Mercy's fist just sort of quivers in the air. And she says, No. No. And she, like, lowers her fist and slowly gets up as Hinsa's, like, like, wheezing on the ground, like, can't move. You know, like, can't barely even speak. No. I'm not going to be the person you've made me into. I'm not going to be this cold-blooded killing machine. No. I'm not Ruth. I will show you this mercy for the first and last time in your miserable little life, Hinsa. And you will live with the knowledge that you will never be able to hurt anyone else ever again. And, like, Mercy, like, picks herself up fully, like, covered in Hinsa's blood as Hinsa just <laughs> like wheezes on the ground and sort of goes limp unconscious but not dead I think I look at everyone and just sort of like I, I just sort of sagely nod at all of that that's that's all making a lot of sense the math is math and I'm happy to break through watching that breakthrough I think Sitlali looks to Wu Ming and kind of looks back at Mercy and is like can I now? Yes. Yes, I think so. While well, the mists are changing. And Wuming sort of swings the lantern gently from side to side, and you see that the mists are starting to thicken around you, but nods for you to approach Mercy. I'm there as fast as my little feet take me. And like I hesitantly put like a hand on her her like the small of her back. As you approach her and Mercy comes into sharper focus, you see like her hair comes back down. She seems to get a little bit taller and broader. When she turns, it's the old Mercy again, right? But her knuckles are still covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Oh. Sitali. Hey. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry you had to see that. I, uh. this is kind of hot. I'm not going to lie. Sitlali. <laughs> what, the most traumatic event of my childhood. Well, late adolescence, I suppose. It's hot to you? Well, when you put it that way, it makes me sound like an asshole. <laughs> <sighs> you know, weirdly enough, I feel 
good. I feel good doing that. Well, catharsis, babe. Yeah. Catharsis. Yeah. Guess I am the stablest of all of you suckers, huh? I'm sure I'll be next, and I pull her down and kiss her. Uh, mm. uh she kisses you back. Uh, as you pull her down, I think the mist continues to thicken around all five of you. And then new environs begin to glisten into reality around you, like images refracted through a prism. Hinsa's blood pools around Mercy's boot and begins to spread out from the body like a bad rumor. These thick, crimson globules of, of blood and liquid seeps across the forest floor, painting fallen leaves red, coating the backs of your throat with the smell of rust. Hinsa's body sinks into the blood and just vanishes without a sound, without a ripple, right as this accumulating pond of viscera begins to shimmer. And all of you see a sheen of light dance across the hardening surface of all of this blood as you feel the soft, pliant earth beneath your feet solidify. And just like that, you're no longer standing in the middle of a bamboo grove with the Euclid chasm yawning in the distance. Instead, all of you stand atop a frozen lake made of blood interspersed with tall, willowy stalks of bamboo. Huh. Okay. Blood Lake? Whose is this, you think? You said it was a frozen lake, right? Yes, I did describe it as a frozen lake. I think all of you can sort of feel like a chill begin to rise from the surface of this blood lake. I, I think Jaron. Jaron <laughs> looks over at Gentle at the same time, like, is this you? I, I don't think so. I think this is you, buddy. Okay. Um, second most stable. I can take that. And I think Jaron just kind of, like, laughs uncomfortably and, like, continues to walk uh, and, like, follow Wuming, seemingly, like, through this lake. Yeah. Wuming nods and says, Careful. It's slippery. Oh, it's very icy. And it's true. The surface of this frozen blood lake is quite slippery uh, as Wuming, like, carefully navigates with this lantern held aloft, right? Uh, and all of you sort of begin to follow Jaron and Wu Ming. I, like, lean over Wu Ming and, like, so this is how you're going to want to walk. It's, like, it's a little tricky to get used to, but if you're from here, you figure it out pretty easily. And I just sort of show that to everyone. Oh, thank you. Gentle, was it? I appreciate the pointer. Ooh, I feel I'm a little bit here. like a penguin. Yeah, and Wumi starts wobbling from side to side for traction. Uh, like, side to side to side to side with this little, like, lantern swaying, right? Um, and I think as, like, all of you move through this, like, new environment and you're taking in, like, the tall willowy stalks of bamboo, you're taking in, like, the glistening surface, the hardened glistening surface of this frozen blood lake, the mist around all of you starts to heat up. Just a touch, just a little, it starts to get a little warm. And you realize that what's rolling down the sides of your face isn't cold fog, but your own sweat, right? As like the temperature here starts to get hotter. And you realize gradually that you're no longer being swaddled in a deep autumnal fog. You're bathed in steam. Warm. Hot. Now 
scalding steam rising from the surface of this frozen blood lake. I need all of you to make a con save. A nine? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I, I might use some inspiration here. Okay, you've got one point of inspiration. We have collective as well. I'm going to use my point because that was a six. Oh, no. Do I have to use the inspiration? Or can I use the better one? Uh, we have collective inspiration and an auto crit. So if you want to use an auto crit on this no, con save, you no. can. No, so I'm going to fix because the other one was four. I'm just okay. going to live with this. Zilali? Fourteen? Okay. Uh, all of you fail. And you are going to take... 23 points of fire damage. So if you have resistance, you can have that down to 11. As the steam begins to like scald your skin, like nip at the exposed parts of your face, um, even like heat up any metal that might be on your body and like cause the metal to sizzle a little against your skin, it's getting real hot, right? Just sort of crept up on you without you realizing, like your crabs in a boiling pot of water. I think Jerron just kind of goes, ah, and, like, drops the dagger that he was holding, and then, um, like, upon it, like, kind of clanging on the ground, like, tries to go to, like, pick it up and, like, quickly, like, sheath it back into into his belt. As you stoop down, like, you kneel down to grab this dagger, and you look up, Jerron, something catches your eye. In the distance, directly in front of you, because you're leading the group, about as far away as the Euclid chasm had been for Mercy you see two figures, your mother and your parent. But something's wrong, and it's almost like space collapses and you can see them in full relief, right? Their skin is red and translucent, and their faces seem paralyzed, as do the rest of their bodies, and then you realize they're encased in ice sculptures. They're statues made of red blood, frozen in the exact same position as their final moments. Their eyes are locked on you like dozens of feet away, their mouths parted in momentary surprise and greeting. Just before you know, a building crumbles on top of them and smashes them into the boiling waters of Zima. What do you do? Before that happens, I think Jaron is going to, like, quickly grab the dagger, like, ignoring any sort of heat that- any sort of hurt that that might do to their hand, and is going to, like, run towards the two statues and, like, try and, like, break them out of this, like, ice question mark, whatever this encasing is, like, trying to break them out as quickly as possible. Like, frantically doing it. You got it, friend. Make an acrobatics check because you're on a slippery blood lake. Uh, 21. You grab your footing. You're just going. You're, you start to, like, jet, right? Without even saying anything to your friends, you see your parents, these ice sculpture replicas of your parents. You're not, not exactly sure. Are they in it or are they the sculptures? You have to get closer. You have to know. You have to find out. You start running, like, booking it, booking it, booking it. But as you run, they don't get any closer, Jerron. Right? You're running as hard and as fast as you can, uh, like, like steam whirling all around you, but they're still there. They're still always just on the horizon like a mirage you can't reach. And as all of you see Jaron take off and like start to leave you all behind, Sitlali and Gentle, what did the two of you do? Yeah, I'll run over immediately. Is there anything here that is like pure liquid that I can run across if it will save time? Uh, no, it's off frozen. I'm so sorry, gentle. <laughs> I, wanted to run, I wanted to run across this lake. 
Um, okay. Yeah, I'll just run over. I'm. I think my movement speed's fifty right now. Okay, you're gonna like attempt to chase after Gerard, right? But before I even ask you for an acrobatics check to keep your footing gentle and sit lolly, a horrible groaning noise ricochets through the steam as cracks smash open in the ice around your feet, like a lightning bolt cracking open in Jaron's direction, right? And shooting out of this fissure, uh, not only is just more gouts of steam, but also our limbs... Arms, hands made of burning blood water engulfed in flames, and fingers made of ice and fire spring forward and wrap around your ankles, gentle, and then yours, Sitlali, and then Mercy's and Wu Ming's, and they begin like more hands and arms and limbs start like spiraling up out of the crack and they start making their way up your calves. And they they burn when they where they touch you, okay? And they sort of like drag and root you into place with like incredible strength. Like holy cow, they feel like they're made of like like wrought iron, right? You're unable to move, your nostrils begin filling with the smell of your own freezing, boiling flesh. And Gento and Sitlale need the two of you specifically to make another con save. 30-20. Okay, dirty 20. Three. Gentle. Gentle is going to be taking full damage. Sitlali will be taking half. Uh, full damage is going to be 26 points of fire damage. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Still... 13 points of ice and 13 points of fire. I did split it up for you. Uh, ice will be cold. Uh, sorry, yeah, cold. cold. Uh, so that'll be six, I think, for you if you have resistance to that. Uh, and full, yeah. Yep. Half is those halved. So seven right, and... I've already done the math. You're good. Okay, cool. Thank you, thank you. I am not very good at math. So, Sitlali, you're going to take six and six. So that's going to be 12 points of damage total. Uh, Mercy also lets out a... Like a like an angry noise of pain. Uh, and I think, Jaron, you hear your friends shouting out in alarm and in pain uh, as you're running. You can hear their voices. What do you do? I think Jaron is like running frantically, just kind of going, no, 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 I'm going to get to them this time. No, 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 just wait, just wait, Amma. And then like, is going to hear the screams, turn around, see the hands coming out of this lake. And they're going to sort of like, almost like skid to a halt for a second. And just in this freeze frame of them, like almost wanting to run and like looking back and like not knowing what to do. I think Jaron is going to pull out a short bow, like sheath the dagger, like pull out a short bow and try and hit one of the limbs that are attacking the rest of the party while trying to run backwards towards their parents. We're trying to get the best of both worlds here. Okay, make an attack roll. Okay. Listen, if it's bad, you're gonna hit one of your friends. Okay, well it was 25. Okay, that's good enough. Roll damage. I got a nine. Okay. So uh, as you like pull out your short bow and like unleash this like arrow through the air, you see it sort of whittle through the air and smash into, are you trying to hit like free sit lolly, gentle mercy or wooming first? I think gentle first. Gentle, it whistles through the air and spears through nine limbs. At this point, limbs have like made their way up to gentle's thighs and are trying to like grab onto gentle's hips. Um, and these limbs are powerful, my friends. They're like pulling you down 
into the ice. They're trying to bring you under the lake and like pull you in. You sever nine of them and they explode out of the way, sort of like rubber, like taut rubber bands being being cut. Um, but just as they disappear, like 18 more take their place, like, like Hydra heads, like smashing out of the ice as you like run backward and trying to get to your parents. And Jaron, uh, Jaron, okay, as you're there, like, ah, I think you hear Wu Ming's voice. I think it's Wu Ming who sort of calls out with this, like, voice, like, sweet honey bird song, uh, as their, like, their entire body is covered in these burning, flaming, frozen, like, arms and hands, and he's, like, steam rising from patches of their, like, feathers. But they call out, Jaron, Jaron, those are your parents, aren't they? They're, they're your parents. They're, they are wooming. They're dead, aren't they? They died a while ago. I can tell. I've seen something like this before. They're, they're already dead, aren't they, Jaron? They are. Jaron, listen. Listen. And Wumi's getting, like, dragged into the ice, but is still, like, looking at you, like, reaching out for you, holding onto this lantern. You have to help us now, Jaron. You have to... You have to honor the future that they would want you to make. You have to uh, honor the people you've lost by by fighting for what you still have, Jaron. Please, you know what the key is. It's always been inside you. And I think Jaron kind of like takes one look back at their parents and like for, I think, dramatic effect. I'm imagining that this is the moment that like the building falls and they kind of look over longingly at their parents, at the fear in their eyes, take a big deep breath. And just as the building is like crashing down on those statues, they turn around and run back towards their friends to try and free them. Yeah. With like tears, I think, like streaming down his face. Yep. You turn around, you hear the crash of something behind you that you don't see. Right? Something that sounds like ice smashing. And you turn and you run toward your friends. And as you like approach your friends, like like the arms are like, all, like the flaming frozen arms have almost like completely dragged Wuming down now. Like Sit Lolly and Gentle are also getting dragged down. So how are you going to try to free your friends for these limbs? I think um, because Wuming is, I assume like kind of near the front of the pack, I think Jaron is going to try and grab the pole that has like the lantern on it and try and like pull Wu Ming out first, um, just like from beneath this lake. And then as soon as they've got uh, like Wu Ming out, they're uh, going to go to all of the others. And I think just like on his knees, like sobbing, just frantically pulling all of these arms off of them one by one, just kind of saying like, no, you cannot be taken too. Ah, why do you have a point of inspiration for that, my good bitch? Uh, yeah, as you like pull Wooming out, pull first. Uh, 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 you see like the um, hands and arms sort of like recede back into the ice, right? Uh, uh, and Wooming sort of shudders right from relief as you run over like tears in your eyes and you free the rest of your friends and you do it uh but in the process you're gonna take a little you're gonna take a smidgen of damage Jaron, from just handling these limbs so i think total you're gonna take 22 points of damage it's gonna be 11 ice sorry 11 cold and 11 fire okay uh so as you free the last of your friends from these limbs like the limbs just sort of dissipate into the mist around you Right. And like 
the blood, like the crimson smear of this blood lakes begins to leach color back, like color rises, like little like mist particles, like up and out of the surface of the lake and begin to just sort of leach back into this bone white mist all around you as the fog starts to take over again and start to change the dreamscape just like it did for mercy but there's like a moment where all of you all five of you are sort of panting and like in a circle next to each other like still covered in like actual burns right and like freeze freeze burn marks as well from the ordeal i think during that time Jaron is just kind of like frantically like going over to each and every one of them like to sit lolly to mercy to gentle just saying like are you okay are you okay were you were you hurt were you burned really really badly i like am already applying at least one hand of healing uh to myself because i definitely took a little bit of an oof and i will also ask if anyone else would like a hand of healing as well is it lolly jaron jaron you're mostly okay right i'm at half i'm okay <laughs> sit lolly you had like 100 hp so i think you're also like pretty okay right yeah i am gonna cast a mass healing word though okay and that covers everybody so okay, I have eight, eight for myself, by the way. Sorry. Okay, eight, eight for you. Good. Uh, everybody else gets thirteen. Nice. Okay, everyone else can also restore thirteen. Perfect. Ah, <sighs> oh, great eight. I did not like that one, Jaron. At least mine was just beating some shitty dude to half death. Ugh. I'm so sorry, Mercy. No, it's. How are you? Are you okay? And I think I, uh, he's like patting Mercy down at this whoa, point, like whoa, very whoa, frantically. Whoa. Hey, 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 hey! At least buy a girl dinner first. Drawn. I'm fine. Listen, you don't have to apologize. This dream shield bullshit's gonna put us all through the ringer. Okay, we're here for you, or whatever corny bullshit Gentle would say. I'm right here. Gentle. Where is Gentle? And as, like, Mercy mentions Gentle and looks around, Gentle's gone. Gentle. Uh Uh, As Mercy looks around this mist-strewn bamboo grove, her eye just sort of, like, glazes right over you. But you're still there. You're looking at your friends. You're still in the circle. But you see, like, a wrinkle of concern darken Mercy's face as she repeats, Gentle? Anyone... See where Gentle went? I look to Wu Ming and just sort of like, Hey, Wu Ming, can you see me? Wu Ming swings the lantern, like, off to one side. Like, her eyes also furrowed, and the the pole and the lantern passes right through you, Gentle. Gentle! And then, like, swings it back around, passes through you again. It almost feels like a cold shimmer through your soul as it cuts through you, like you're a ghost. Gentle! Gentle! Drawn, uh, Sitlali, Mercy, and anyone? Drawn, Sitlali, did either of you see where Gentle went off to? No. I, I could have sworn that I, that I took the hands off of them. There's no way that they, they were taken by the hands, were they? No, no, no. They were right here. They said something about something, and then I turned around and they, they weren't here anymore. I, Wuming, what's going on? I'm not exactly sure, but I think the mists are thickening again. And sure enough, as Wu Ming says that, you see the mists thicken 
around all of you. And similar to how Hinsa had sort of just raveled into existence through the fog, you see figures beginning to wrap themselves into reality around you. The mist sort of globes off of a humanoid uh, silhouette that forms a minotaur with these tall horns just sort of walking very placidly and normally. And their face is covered by Gentle's mask. Uh, and as this minotaur walks, another person swirls into existence, this time like some sort of elf who also has their face covered by Gentle's mask. And then you see a gnome also walking with their face covered by Gentle's mask. And then a human with Gentle's mask. And then a half-orc with Gentle's mask. A goliath with Gentle's mask. A kenku, a satyr, a centaur. Just people, dozens of people starting to lace themselves into existence, moving all around you like you're in the middle of like some busy market square, just walking ambiently. Almost like a freaking where's Waldo, where's Gentle situation, as you see all of these people with masks on that look exactly like Gentles. I think I reach for any, like, the nearest person and just, like, try to grab one of the masks to see if anything happens. Yeah. Uh, let's say you approach a humano- humanoid, human-looking person, and you, you reach up, you try to touch the mask as they walk past you, and just like how Wu Ming's pole had passed through your body, your hand just sort of ghosts through the face. I think I'm getting a little, like, jumpy and frantic, because I'm like, hmm. Um, and I, like, try to put my hand on, like, every one of the hound's shoulders just to see if they, any of them can, like, feel my presence. And I know the answer, but I'm afraid of that. Yeah, let's say maybe you try, like, Mercy first. Nope, your fingers just glide right through. You try Jaron, goes right through his pauldron. You try Sitlali, goes through the feather cape. Nothing. And maybe, like, upon, like, your fingers going through their bodies, like, Jaron and Sitlali, you feel, like, the barest sensation of, like, a, a ghostly tickle on your body. But when you, like, look, there's no one there. I think I, I like, keep looking around. And I maybe even try the hand of healing, and like, on myself to see if that, maybe, like, something happened to me. See if, like, that will help restore any of my body. Yeah, uh, as your hand glows and you, you touch yourself uh, on like on like the forearm or something, like your forearm also glows with this healing magic, but you feel your own like arcane energies are sort of dissipating into the mist around you as a. I mean, you can heal yourself again uh, with the hand of healing if you want, but it, it doesn't oh, seem no. to make yourself more real. I, I Ge- start looking gentle. around for that sensation. Okay. You're like looking around being like, what is happening? Why can't any of my friends see or hear me or even feel me? Why can't I touch anyone, anything? Wooming swings this lantern around again. G- gentle, gentle, uh, J- Jaron, uh, this is probably your friend with the mask, Gentle's dreamscape. Can you tell me a little bit about the kind of person they are? I think as Wooming is asking this, Jaron has been like checking people or like trying to like check people behind the mask. I think as soon as like any Triton person walks by, Jaron is immediately like, is this gentle? Um, so probably uh, she caught him like in the middle of like doing that. Uh, and he like checks, that's not gentle. Puts it as back. You, as you check your first person, let's say who happens to be a Triton, you're like, oh God, is that gentle? You pull the mask off and there's no face. Don't like that. Uh, <laughs> put it back on. Yeah. Yep. I'm just going to put that right back on. And 
turning over to Wu Ming. Yes, uh, this, these masks, they're gentles masks. They only put it on when they're uncomfortable in some way, not feeling like they can be themselves around other people. Oh, is that why they have their mask off around the rest of you? Because they are so comfortable around you? I like to think so. It's the only time that Gentle would take off their mask, ever, in the years that I've known them. Oh, I see. Hmm. Booming, what's the key to move forward from this? How do we figure out who the real Gentle is? Excuse me, person? Nope. Okay. Yep, seems like every single one of these people does not have a face. Uh-huh. Mercy, stop uh-huh. taking their masks off. I'm sorry, maybe just one of them is Gentle. Maybe Gentle's turned into a centaur person. Here, uh, nope, also no face. Does anybody have any tea? Gentle loves tea. Okay. Uh, any of you have any tea? Perhaps Gentle's favorite brew? Uh, can I say that maybe? Can I just say Jerron maybe has some tea leaves from Gentle? No? I don't know. No? <laughs> I don't know if Jerron would. Would sit Lolly? No. Yeah, there's sort of like a moment where Wumi looks at all of you and then at Mercy and she's like, uh, no, I... Tea's really a gentle thing. What? And you call yourselves friends? Don't you like to display an interest in gentle's interests? See, a trinket on my body for each of my friends. Why don't you carry some of their brews in the future? I feel like I wouldn't make it as well as they would, but... That's just an excuse, Jaron. Uh, and Wooming sort of bunks you on the head with the lantern. <sighs> that was kind of hard, Wooming. It's an excuse for you to not try. When you say, oh, I just wouldn't be able to do this as well as you. Uh, <clears throat> Mercy leans into Sitlali. I think I remember why we broke up. You couldn't handle the uh, honesty levels? Uh, that's not what I would say. Gentle. G- gentle, can you hear me? Can you hear any of us? Gentle? As Wooming's calling out, Gentle, I think you see all of this happen, right? You witness and you see and you hear all of this happen, Gentle. What do you do? I think at hearing the, like, I, I think definitely sort of in Gentle's head, you flash back to moments of Gentle definitely offering to, like, give people, like, brews of tea and people, eh. um, Just, like, like in inopportune times, because that is the only time Gentle would absolutely do it. And sort of just, like, bawling, but rising a little bit hearing Wooming's words, just, like, Maybe if I made them tea, that could help. And I, like, start trying to, like, mix and, like, make my own little, like, like, because I keep a mess kit on me and stuff. So trying to brew my own tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you reach down for your mess kit, gentle, and your hands pass through it. Your fingers just go right through the mess kit and, like, you smell, like, an aroma of tea being wafted up from, like, your attempt to grab it. And, like, maybe that's, like, when you freeze a bit, like, crap, like, what can you even do right now? Like, who are you if you're not making tea for your friends, right? And I think there's maybe like a moment where you stand there and if I could deal emotional damage, I would. Uh, but I can't, so I won't. Psychic's uh, a thing. That's true. Okay. You know what? Thank you for reminding me, Dare. I will make you take psychic damage. So <laughs> why don't you make a intelligence saving throw uh, as this emotion of frozen abject shock sinks in. That's an eight. 
Okay. You are going to take... Oh, that's not so bad. You're going to take 11 points of psychic damage. I'm getting beat up here. It's really funny. I'm getting destroyed in this place. Sure are. <laughs> yeah. As you, like, freeze, they're looking at your mess kit like your hands just scrambling through. Like, like they're made of ghostly wisps similar to the mist swirling all around you. And that's when you hear Wu Ming's voice. Yet again, cutting through the fog, saying, oh, Okay, gentle, assuming you can hear me, assuming you can hear all of us, uh, hmm, we can't see you, right? Uh, it's gotta be a metaphor of some sort. All of this has been a metaphor of some sort. Um, you know, gentle, I, I think I can relate to you a little. Uh, I've had a nightmare like this before, a little bit. I've felt unseen, lost before, uh, Next to Mercy, actually. Uh, everyone saw her for who she was, but no one ever really saw me. She never really saw me. And one of my greatest regrets, I have to say, was not claiming my space. Standing up for myself, not telling her exactly who I was. That I was important and gentle, maybe... Maybe that's what you have to do here. Maybe you have to tell your friends who you are, how you feel, and don't pull any punches. I think at this point, like, listening to all that, I had probably, like, slumped down full, like, like, hugging my own body, like, not liking any of this. Almost shrinking down to, like, how small I was when I was a kid. And I just, like, start softly muttering to myself, um, uh... Tron, can you hear me? Um, Sitlali, Mercy, I'm, I'm gentle. I, 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 I feel forgotten a lot. I wish I was as important to everyone as you all are to me. I just want my friends to help me, like, when I help them. And I think I just, like, walk closer to towards the, like, uh, Wu Ming's voice and say all of that. Yeah. Gentle, are you speaking your truth in this moment? Is this That's... how you actually feel? I mean, yes. There's, I think, a lot more bitterness there than Gentle would like to admit, but yes. Mm. And maybe, if I may, maybe some of that bitterness comes through in the tone of your voice a little bit. Mm -hmm. And as you up approach Wu Ming and like the light of this lantern, Jaron and Sitlali, the two of you start to hear sort of like, almost like a radio transmission, like doing its best to find the right dial, the right channel, like Gentle's voice starting to like static back into existence. And you sort of like catch most of what Gentle says. And then you see like a ghostly foot step into like the dim light of like Wu Ming's lantern radius and then another foot. And then it like rippling all the way up gentle solidifies and sort of like weaves themselves back into existence as they speak right as they like approach the rest of you with this like very genuine look in their eyes and gentle why don't you tell us like what else your friends see in your face i think there is a definitely gentle's been gentle's crying again this is like the like uh this is i think the last time they've cried since like bud and everything happened um and i think it's just like that hope and they like were reaching out of desperation of please just see me more than anything I want you all to see me right now in this moment and 
just be there for me. And I'm just reaching out. Lolly's gonna run over and open their arms for a hug if Gentle wants it. Uh, If I'm able to hug, absolutely. Jaron is gonna run over and join this hug. Yeah, uh, reluctantly. Uh, there you are. Okay. All right. We're doing this. Uh, Mercy comes forward and wraps all of you in like a big bear hug and like picks you up. I don't know how, but Wooming's clinging on there somehow too. It's like, likes to feel included, like clinging onto Gentle's leg and lifts all of you up. Okay. Welcome back to the group, Gentle. Thank you. Um, Mercy, I, I wanted to say something. Um... Uh, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Mercy says, as I think, as like the mist people, the other gentles begin to sort of just sink down into the mist, like pillars of salt, right? Their masks are the last things to go as they also gently fall into the ground like white leaves and then disperse into mist. Um, actually, and I look to the group, is it okay if I say a, 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 like a couple of things real quick? Is that, is that okay? Yes. Uh, of course. Um, Mercy, you're a lot I guess I'm a lot more like you than I realized which is that why you're so mean to me uh is that all you wanted to say about me gentle I punched their shoulder I wanted an answer Uh, yeah Uh, listen gentle I I'm sorry okay I know I'm tough and horrible and and vicious and uh no no i am all those things i mean my dream thing was literally beating the shit out of a dude um but listen i i think what this has made me realize is that i i take you for granted gentle i think you're just a part of the hounds and you'll always be a part of the hounds no matter how poorly i treat you or how mean i am to you because you've just always stayed uh and maybe that's kind of a dick thing to do and I'm sorry just like nods a little bit the truth is I did almost leave immediately to go save bud um and I want to at least leave a letter um and maybe if I left a letter I would have been uh is and like they're like starting to fidget a lot um as I like don't really want to say this it's maybe if I left a letter when I left maybe I'd be missed at least half as fondly as someone like Oka is um, cause I feel like just not as important as, as everyone else here sometimes. And they're like, just really shaky as they have to say that. I think Jaron goes over to like, hold Gentle's hands to steady them as they're saying this. And like, tries to look Gentle in the eyes. If Gentle is like willing to make eye contact. Don't say that. You are important to the hounds. You're important to all of us, to me. Leaving and leaving a letter behind is no way. It's no way to leave a memory. The way that I miss Oka is not, it's not good, gentle. And I never want to miss you like that. You have been my best friend since, ever since I can remember. And I love you. I think I say back in Morosi, I love you too. And you've always been there for me. And something I need to tell you. And I think in Morosi, this conversation happens real quickly. 
um, I've always, I think, cared for you more than just a friend, and I don't have any plans for anything, but I just wanted to say that now so I can finally stop living with that over my head. Uh, I'm just, this is just, I guess, just, 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 just the gentle honesty time. And then, like, I take a deep sigh. <laughs> that one's been a while. I think back in Morosi, Jaron uh, is just going to say, oh, oh, I, I didn't realize that. Gentle, I... It's okay. I still care about you a lot. Yeah, that's And fine. I do love you. You know that, right? Yeah, I love you too. You're my best friend. I think Jaron is just going to go in and, like, give Gentle... A very tight hug. I give uh, Drawn a big, big hug back, and I just go over to sit Lolly, and I just say, you inspire me a lot. I shouldn't. If you hadn't punched the shit out of me at the court, I don't know what would have happened. I mean, I think we both know what would have happened. Nothing good. Nothing good. But that's why we're a team. And I, I give you a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think I'm all good now. Gentle's tired. Jaron, Gentle, are we ever gonna learn what that conversation was about, or... No? I don't think that's for me to decide. Okay, alright, well, I'll find out eventually. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, good, to, uh, good to have you on the team, champ. Uh, and Mercy awkwardly, like, slaps you on the back, Gentle. Babe, babe, stop, no. What? We'll, what? We'll, I'm being supportive. We'll, ta- we'll we'll talk about it later. I oh. have some supportive moves I can show you. Not uh, like oh. that. Oh, no, not I. Well, that also. But oh, you know, oh. this isn't about us right now. This this isn't about us right now. Oh, but like it, it is- can be later. <laughs> uh, Wooming is with those huge dark eyes is just looking at you, Sitlali, with this like lantern aloft, and I don't think get a read on how they feel about that exchange that you just had with Mercy. Like, their expression is unreadable. In that moment, they look so much like a bird. Like, you don't know what's going on behind those big black eyes. Right, yep, not about us right now. Speaking of what this is about, isn't it supposed to be... And as Mercy, like, turns on to you, Sitlali, all of you hear a creaking noise. Like a... Noise. As maybe 50 or 60 feet away uh, to your collective right, you see like a row of bamboo trees just fall down. And then another row falls down. And then another, and then another, getting faster and faster, like just snapping at the waist and keeling over like some sort of massive beast is running through the woods at like a breakneck pace toward all of you. What do you do? Can I see anything? Make me a perception check, Sitlali. Sure thing, buddy. Um, let's see. Uh, 27. You see darkness begin to sort of wafe its way over the already starless sky. Like, if the sky was black, this darkness is so dark that it's purple. And it's just sort of like, like washing over uh, the bamboo as it 
peels down. And for, for like a split second, you're like, is that like a sentient mass of shadow just sort of like crushing bamboo stalks underfoot? And then the answer comes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. A sentient mass of shadow, Sitlali. And now all of you see sort of as like the final few rows of bamboo in front of you sort of crumble like matchsticks and splinter underneath the huge sort of like amorphous drooping globules of shadow like a huge sludge or something and i think all of you kind of think of um the empty monster that was fighting unmei like way back when like for half a second almost like an oil slick come to life uh but this thing has a voice that is Unlike that empty beast, it is a rasping, whistling, needy, glomming, sucking voice that emanates from everywhere and nowhere at once, pulsating out from the core of this mass of swirling void, and it says, And this wall of shadow, this tidal wave of void, looms there as maybe like three or four stories tall, casting a massive shadow over your group. And the warmth that had like suffused your group's energy after like Gentle's like cute little confession is like dissipated, washed away, disbanded, like a candle blown out by a gale force wind. Yeah, I don't think anybody else needs to see this. So like, why don't y'all just, I'm gonna, I disagree with the order that these were done in. I'm fine. And I'm just going to start walking towards it with As my shield s- out. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> calling calling out toward the eight, being like, I'm not the most emotionally unstable here. You take out your shield and you stride toward Lonely. And as you approach Lonely, it's almost like the surface of Lonely's body sort of like vibrates and pulses uh, like like it's venom. Right, from like Venom, and it's like reacting to sound molecules, right? (laughs) Like it's reacting to you. And you see like rising up out of the darkness uh, to meet you, a shadow version of yourself steps out of Lonely's mass. Like it's connected to the rest of Lonely by these like pseudopods, but these like black slick tendrils and like mirrors your every movement. You see like uh, shadow Sitlali, for lack of a better word, also raise like a shadow shield and approach. I will look behind me to make sure that everyone is not paying attention. Uh, Mercy is staring so hard, and so is Wuming. Like, Wuming is actually swinging the lantern around as you see, like, this version of Lonely is huge. It's got, like, appendages. It's starting to, like, slowly, you see shadow form like a, a wall around your friends and like Wuming is swinging this lantern around trying to keep the shadows at bay every time they like swing the lantern one way the shadows recede when they swing it the other way the other shadows recede but like where they're not swinging the light the shadows start to inch in and I think I call back I said go Sithlali uh, we're here for you okay I, I turn back around and I start going back towards Lonely <sighs> Okay. Sidlali, as you stride forward toward Lonely and this little emissary of Lonely that is a reflection of yourself slicked out of the the central mass, this version of you, this void Sidlali, also strides confidently forward until the two of you are chest to chest. Sidlali. Sidlali. 
every word that lonely speaks punctuates the atmosphere with another layer of darkness. It's like every single syllable sucks a little bit more light out of the room. You think the Raven Queen loves you. You think she loves you. And that pointed she, you, you're not sure if Lonely's referring to the Queen or to Mercy. I'm the only one who can ever love you the way you deserve. You are dead, and this is a dream. Just because this is a dream, Sinhali, doesn't mean it isn't real. You're still thinking about me. No, I'm not. You miss me, don't you? No, I don't. You don't know who you are without me. Sitlali. That's not true. Make an intelligence saving throw. Can it be charisma? (laughs) (laughs) No, because I know you're good at charisma and wisdom. 19. Okay, I think this is what happens on a 19. Because DC was pretty high, but you did get also a high save, so I think this is what happens. Uh, As Lonely speaks, this version of you, this void version, begins to move on its own. And as it does, you feel yourself also moving. Like your body mirrors what Void Sitlali is doing. And I think you're fighting against it, obviously, duh, right? You're fighting against it. uh, It's sort of like jittery, right? But as they move like liquidly and like fluidly, you are like sort of forced to move along to it as well. Um, But you're you're fighting every inch of it, like every centimeter of the way. And like the, the rest of your friends see this happening. It's almost like Lonely's trying to take over again, right? Get back in the driver's seat. Tell you how to live your life, Sitlali. You're dead and I don't miss you. Lying to yourself, a classic Sitlali move. You want a classic Sitlali move? A classic Sitlali move is unpredictable, bitch. And I pull the dagger from my boot and I stab myself in the chest. <laughs> you you stab yourself in the chest? Uh, oh okay. I love it. I love it. Okay, you pull your dagger out from the sheath and you spear that motherfucker straight through your own heart. And you see the shadow version of yourself do the same thing, right? And now now they're resisting every step of the way, right? They're trying so hard not to plunge this dagger into their void chest, but you you compel that motherfucker to do it. And as the dagger goes through, all of you see this like huge mass of void that has been like closing in closer and closer on Jaron and Gentle and Vooming and Mercy just vibrate and pulse, right? Like black paint that's been poured on top of a snare drum and then beaten to death with a stick, right? Just vibrate and pulse and leap off of the surface. And you hear like Lonely's pained 
angry, pissed off voice just go, no, no, what do you think you're doing? Said Lolly, no, you need me. You don't know who you are without me. I can show you who you are. Just let me in again. Said Lolly, as long as you want to let me in, I can come back. Said Lolly, don't you know? I can come back. Stop, stop stabbing me. You know, maybe I do miss you a little bit. See? Then stop hurting yourself. Stop hurting me. Stop hurting us. We can be whole again. I drive the dagger deeper. Uh, No. No. And with every stab, the wall that had sort of like closed off behind your friends like breaks apart and recedes back into the mass that's facing you. And you see like your own shadow self like stabbing herself, right? And like sort of like quivering at the edges and lonely begins to shrink. This huge gargantuan monster starts to just like minimize and minimize and minimize and shrink down, 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 down with every single stab punctuating it. More life is breathed into the atmosphere. More light punctuates the darkness and lonely gets smaller until lonely is just a little puddle on the ground with these tendrils rising up, connecting it to this shadow version of you. Please, said Polly. No, don't. It. Fuck off. Can I stab myself again? You give yourself the final stab right through the center of the chest. Uh, as does your void self. And tell me, Sitlali, how does Lonely die? It lived pitifully and quietly and uneventfully. Mm hmm. There's no grand speech. There's no final jab. There's no last parting word that cuts deep. Lonely just dies. Uh, and this shadow form of yourself just discorporates and like as, as it hits the ground, it turns into mist and is swallowed by the rest of the fog of the dream shield around you. And you're left standing several dozen feet in front of your friends, staring at the place where Lonely had been. Am I standing? How many times did I stab myself? How much damage did I just take? (laughs) Uh, you know what? To round it out, to just round it out, let's say you took took a cool 50 points of psychic damage. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool 50, a cool 50. That's, you know, I'm still up, so like, that's fine. I mean, you stab Um, yourself a lot. I think Sitlali is, like, on their knees, but, yeah. Yep, you, like, you take a knee right after, and, like, there aren't any physical wounds, necessarily. It's all, like, psychic. It feels like you've perforated your soul a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, And you, you kneel there, and instantly, like, mercy is right there with you, like, by your side. Sitlali, hey, 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 are you okay? Okay is a weird word. Uh Uh-huh, right. I mean, like, are you on death's door? You just sort of stabbed yourself a a lot. I mean, aren't we always kind of on, like, death's door? Okay, you're fine. Yep, okay. (sighs) And Mercy, like, leans it, like, is, like, holding you, I think, like, in her big, strong arms. uh, And she just, (sighs) like, squeezes you tight against her chest and hugs you. 
I allow it. <laughs> Jaron, gentle, get over here. No, we don't have to do the group hug again. Like Jaron walks over and hugs it, Molly. <sighs> do you just want me to heal you? I don't have to hug you if you don't want me. You can hug me. It's fine. Whatever. I will also do healing hands into the hug. I told you all to leave. <laughs> There's a group hug moment, and again, Wooming clings on somehow, finds purchase on Jaron's like hair or something, and like all of you hug and like just are wrapped up in each other's arms, right? Uh and uh gentle, just really quickly tell me how much you heal Silali for. Nine. Cool. Okay, you get back nine points of health. And I was like, this hug starts to dissipate. So does the mist. Around all of you, the mist just sort of starts to recede, right? And it's Wooming who lets go first and swings the lantern around. Oh, good. That was the last of the dreamscapes. We should be out of the dream shield now. There shouldn't be any more complicated. And she sort of trails off as the mist parting reveals a campfire. Some 25 feet ahead. Uh, and sitting around this campfire are Jaron, Gentle, Sitlali, Mercy, and Bud. Yourselves. You're sitting around the campfire. You are laughing with each other. There's some sort of meat roasting over the pit, right, of the fire. Um, you've got flasks of alcohol out. Like, Jaron is sort of, like, laughing at something that, like... Sitlali clearly must have just said, uh, and Gentle has like a cup of tea between their hands, and Mercy has like one arm around Sitlali, you know, and is like holding her close, and like Bud is there and like sort of dozing and ambiently nipping at Gentle's like feet for more treats, and Gentle like sort of like throws more treats at Bud every now and then. Uh, and as all of you like see yourselves 25 feet ahead, stepping out from behind a copse of bamboo trees is Oka. Uh, who's sort of like zipping up their trousers and all of you sort of like hear Mercy say, hey, you have a good piss? And everyone sort of like laughs, you know, like around around the fire and Oka just sort of grumbles something grouchy and comes in and like sits on a log next to Jaron. And Jaron, you see yourself like lift up an arm and like hold Oka like around the shoulder and Oka just sort of like softens against you and like rests like a shortcut head, like head of hair, like against against your shoulder. Is Oka here? They were always the least stable of all of us. What is that? Is that us? Is that are we still wooming? I thought we were out of the dream shield. Oh, this very rarely happens. What? Well, why don't we go look? What very rarely happens? Well, come on now, come on! And wooming starts like hopping forward. I'll keep up, yeah. I think Jaron is the last one to move. I think they're too busy watching this scene to want to look away. Mm. Mm -hmm. You're the last to move. You see your friends take off and maybe that shakes you out of your stupor when you realize you've been left behind and you follow your friends. And uh, gentle because you're so fast, I think you're the first to arrive on the scene. Uh, followed maybe by Sitlali and Mercy and Wu Ming. And as soon as you get within maybe like 10 feet of everyone, yourselves pause in like some body campfire story Mercy's telling. And all of you like pause and like look up at like the rest of you approaching, right? And like on like your mirror images looking up at the rest of you approaching, like you see like expressions of like 
oh, there you are. Come on in. Like as like your 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 version, your these dream versions of yourself start waving you in. But gentle as you take another step forward, they dissipate into mist. Um, but this mist sort of like sparkles and like leaves a warm residue behind. And the fire is, you know, is the last to go, as is this image of Oka. You know, Jaron, you see yourself shimmer into this glowing mist, and Oka like looks up and looks at the real you. This dream version of Oka looks at the real you and smiles and like whispers something on like their mouth moves in a way that I'm gonna need you to make a perception check to see if you can read what Dream Oka's saying to you. This is the most important check of your life, Jaron. I should have taken the other Use the autocrit. I should have. Oh, yes. Okay, autocrit. I'm doing it. This is very important to me. Okay. Uh, You use the autocrit, and you not only can read Dream Oka's lips, you hear a little bit of their voice say, in two, I'll see you soon, lover. And then they disappear. And then all of you arrive on the scene at that point. Can I roll something to try my best to, like, get to just rub the top, the top to Bud's head before, like, before oh I Oh my god! Can you imagine if I made you roll for it and you failed? And I said no. I'm down to do it. Either one's fine. Okay. Roll me a sleight of hand check. Sleight of hand. That's a, that's a non-natural 20. Just before Bud disappears, you reach your hand forward and you touch a tuft of warm fur. And then it just discorporates between your fingers. I'll get you soon, Bud. And you swear you hear a little woof, like on the wind as these sparkles rain out. And Wooming swings this lantern back around to face you specifically, Sitlali. Uh, I was going to say, it's rare for good dreams to come out of the mist. But I guess this is one of them. Well, whose was it? If I had to guess... And, like, maybe you're all, like, lined up in, like, a line. And, like, uh, Wooming's, like, moving their lantern down the line to, like, pick out the culprit. (laughs) Right? Like, who would have such a gay fucking dream? All of you. None of you are exempt. This was a dream... Made from all of your hidden desires. Hidden desires? My desires are pretty, um, explicit. So. Huh. It's not what I would necessarily agree with, Sitlali, and (laughs) who knew you were such a romantic? You just want us to be one big happy family, don't you? Shut up, you were in it too. Chate, shut up. No, you shut up. This applies to all of you, okay? Uh, all I of think it us. To all of us, we need to maybe work on being better friends to each other. Yeah, yeah, gentle. I love you. Love you all. I love you guys. I don't. I don't love any of you, but I do respect all of you, and I feel like I've learned to know each of you better through this experience. Hey, Wu Ming. Yes. Where's yours? Oh, my dream, you mean? I've just run this gauntlet so many times that mine doesn't really pop up anymore. I know how to avoid it. Why is the masked one raising their hand? Oh, uh, yeah, Gentle does that when they have something to say. Uh, yes, Gentle? I take my mask off. Uh, um, 
Wuming, I would actually like to get to know you at some point. Um, oh! You're a very nice person, and I think you'd be a good friend of mine. Thank you! Honestly, I think my niceness is probably why Mercy and I didn't work out. Uh, hey! Probably also like my nice honesty. People. But hey, you- well, that's true. What? Uh. I, would, I smile innocently. Sivali, you have a lot of strengths. Being nice is not one of them. And that's it's not so why- nice. Uh-huh. Of course you are, hon. Of course you are. I would like to get to, to, to know you more as well, gentle. Um, we can talk more about this after we get out of the dream. Agreed. I think we have a lot in common. That should be the last of it. You see the mists? They're receding. And sure enough, you see like the last of the fog begin to sort of like eke away from the scene. All that's left to do is continue walking until we exit the silent grove. Okay. All right, well, that's a lot of walking. I don't know if we... And interrupting Mercy, uh, all of you, is a, just a, a massive peal of thunder in the near distance, maybe? Just a boom, like out of nowhere, just a huge, just thunderous boom. And sort of like punctuating it is like a sharp crack of lightning noise as well. And Mercy even like jumps, because it literally came out of nowhere. It was like a jump scare, right? Mercy, oh, shit! Great aid, what the? And like, she's like half like unsheathed her, her greatsword at that and is like looking around. And like, even like, um, a Wooming's like feathers ruffle a little and puff up to make them look like twice as big as they usually are. They like hold this like lantern in front of them. Ah, oh, whoa, well, that doesn't usually happen. Uh, are we out of the dream shield now? Yes, it yes, we are. We're back in our bodies. I know it, but what was that noise? A really bad thunderstorm? As maybe the three of you are like standing there for a moment, being like, what was that noise? Uh, Mercy's pouch begins to shake. What, what, what the? Oh, grade eight, what now? And Mercy lets go of her greatsword and starts like trying to like stabilize her pouch, but shooting out of like the top of the flap is the entire vial of Unmei's water. Just, it's like the water is like, like forcing the, the, the vial to go up and out. Uh, and as it shoots out into the air, the, the glass vial explodes. And the entire rest of the water shoots straight forward, like slicing a path through the grove. Okay, all right. Uh, I start booking it after it. Okay, yep, yep, this might be it. Uh, let's go, let's go. Uh, Jaron, Sitlali, and Gentle, and Wuming, uh, the four of you book it, following Mercy and this, like, flying, it looks like a little, like, water fairy, right? Little sprite, like, like, through, through the woods, uh, weaving between branches, weaving, weaving, and you're booking it. And the Gentle, even though you're really fast, this little, like, water sprite is is faster and it takes like everything you have to track it and to like run and keep up with it it's really fast and you leave your friends behind even as you're like jumping maybe from stone to stone like navigating down hills going up little like like slopes and inclines like skidding down like where like waterfalls fall down following this sprite like through the woods in the direction of that thunderous boom and that crack of lightning that your team heard and I think all of you together 
break through a clearing, right? And you stumble upon a scene. Uh, and the first thing that strikes you about this scene is the smell of blood. Podcast editing is by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon Paragons. Azura, Bradley, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Purple Mouse, Scruffisus, and Target.